This is To The West and Back, a podcast that explores and unpacks the stories of passionate creatives who inspire us. We'll feature artists, photographers, filmmakers, musicians, writers, and just all around cool people. Everyone's got a cool journey that we can learn from, and it's our goal to provide a platform for them to share their experiences. Follow us on our journey as we talk to those who influence and inspire us with their endeavors. Chago. Nick. We're back. We are. For another one. (laughs) I have to apologize. I sound so like not... Not good. I'm like nasally. You sound, you sound good. You're good. No, no. I sound different. Spring is definitely here. It, it has is. sprung and it has sprung right up into my nostrils and down my throat. So I've been suffering hard from allergies. Well, thank, so, thank you for, for being here. Yeah. Yeah. My <laughs> pleasure. Uh, forgive me if I cough or sneeze on you. Oh, you're good. It's not COVID. I, well, I would say I promise, but I don't know but if you, I actually think. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Okay. So... You, we talked about this a million times. You're a photographer. Yes. Uh, I am. I was a photographer in a past life. And when you are a business owner who does things that are really creative, uh, one of the things that you have to do is set a lot of boundaries. Yeah, that's super important for sure. We have talked about that a ton. Just like, you know, like where does work stop and where does your real life begin? And that's just as a photographer. Yeah. So imagine if part of your life or part of your work is to put your real life out there. Can you even like... I can't imagine. I can't imagine that either. But you know who can imagine it? Influencers. Influencers. And we have an influencer as a guest today. She is from small town central Illinois. So you know it ain't easy to make it there. Maybe I shouldn't say it like that, but... You know, yeah, it's small, it's small, it's small town, whatever, yeah. whatever, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we have a really special guest here to talk yeah. about it. I'm very excited. So, Shaughnessy, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I feel like your vibe between you guys is just so fun. Like, I'm trying so hard not to like laugh, so I'm just like <laughs> smiling, like, because you guys just seem like you're such like really, really close. Like, you have a really close relationship. So, thank you so much for having me. Oh wow, I love that. Yeah, good, I love this start. already. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just start out and you know tell everybody a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm an influencer here in Chatham, Illinois. And I don't really know like where you guys hang out most, but Central Illinois is its own little sweet spot. So <laughs> I feel like everyone kind of knows everyone. Um, so I always like to say where I'm like actually from, which is Chatham, which is near Springfield, Illinois for anyone who's in the area. Um, I'm an influencer full time and it is so freaking fun. I share a lot of like neutral loungewear, um, but also you'll kind of see a little bit of everything because my work bleeds really like easily into my everyday life. So I say that I share a lot of like neutral clothing and like loungewear and stuff, but you'll kind of see like a little bit of everything too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, sounds like you're pretty busy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing about, um, having this just as a career that you don't realize is there's no one to tell you like when to stop. There's no like, like clocking out there's like you know you are the core and center of what you do all the time and so um yeah I'm definitely busy and actually right before this um I don't really know when this episode comes out but um my husband and I and you guys are actually the first to know this um we are selling our house so wow (laughs) nice that's cool so we had a showing like right before um but within like 
being an influencer, you're showing a lot of things, but there's also a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes that you can't show just yet. Um, so it's a lot of like, it's almost like a puzzle, like fitting everything together at the right time. So whenever this episode goes live, hopefully I've told everyone that we're moving. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely busy for sure. Yeah. Nice. So what is like, what's an average day look like for you? Um, so my morning routine is super important because I feel like that really sets me and gets me grounded because when I first started, um, just like influencing, I had a full-time job that was outside of like this space. And so usually what I would do, um, then would be working as an influencer outside of like a nine to five time. So I really got used to like early mornings and late nights. And now that I do this full time, I've had to really try to push everything into a nine to five if I can. Um, so my morning routine, it really keeps me grounded. It kind of makes me have like a separation between like my work and like actually living my life. So I wake up in the morning, usually um, I'll get my coffee. Um, usually I'll like read for a little bit. I try to read like 10 minutes in the morning. Um, I wish I could say I took a walk in the morning, but I don't because usually right after that, I jump right in the emails. Um, and then after that, it's just kind of like a literal whirlwind. I texted my husband today and I said, does the day, do the days go by as fast for everyone else as they do for me? Like, <laughs> I don't ever feel like there's enough time in the day. It's, I'm usually creating a video of some sort, either for a brand or just like for my own platform outside of a brand. Um, I'm creating stories on Instagram, TikToks. Um, and it sounds honestly, when you tell someone who doesn't understand the space, it's like, that's like, I mean, I freaking create TikToks, you know, mm -hmm. outside of my job, you know, it's, it sounds like it's something that does not take time, but I actually created a video on YouTube. It was actually 45 minutes long, go figure. Um, and it was <laughs> everything that I do just in a day and it was my easiest like most chill day and so many people were like I had no idea like what goes into all this so every day is a little bit different but I feel like it usually starts with a really good morning routine and then kind of goes into just creating some kind of like content throughout the day yeah wow that sounds yeah. like a lot that does sound like a lot <laughs> I mean I'm like in the same boat where it's like it's great to have that routine you know the morning routine because the rest of every other day is so all over the place and there's really no consistency in them so it's nice to have just kind of be anchored with that uh that routine in the morning and stuff like that yeah so. and I feel like without that I would just be because there really is no like separation unless you make it between like your work and I think when I didn't have this as like a career and it was like a hobby and I just like was kind of looking at it as a hobby, it bled into everything because I mean, I had a full-time job. So that was kind of like an outlet. And now that it's a career, I find that there are times where I will literally be like putting on an outfit and I'll be thinking in my head, oh, this would be so great to share like with my friendships. But also I could just get dressed like a regular person and like not show people, you know? So yeah. there's like a, there's a boundary between like when you have to decide what is like what you're going to share and what you're not going to share and what you're going to keep private. Um, and so that's definitely a, a big balance that you have to like take into account, I feel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How do you, how do you make that decision of setting those boundaries? Like what's that look like? I think I got to the point where I wouldn't say I was sharing too much, but I found myself like always thinking about sharing. So if I was going on a walk with my husband or if I was like, 
um, shopping, I couldn't just do it without sharing it with my friendships. And I feel like, um, and we call, or I call my followers friendships because I feel like it's really weird to call people like a follower. Like I, I follow a lot of people and it would be weird if they were like, yeah, she's like, she's my follower. I'm like, well, I'm your friend too. So, um, just like for your listeners. So everyone's kind of like on the same page, but I feel like I, um, just got to the point where I was feeling like I always needed to share and I just wasn't like really living, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just had to create boundaries so that I wasn't always sharing everything. Um, like every meal that I ate, every recipe that I cooked, every, um, you know, hair care product that I put in my hair, everything that I put on my face for makeup, there's just an endless amount of sharing that you can provide for your friendships, whether it's like links or, um, sharing your thoughts about things so that they feel seen and heard. Um, there's just like a, just an endless amount. So you have to really like create boundaries by like deciding that you have to like also live your life too (laughs) without like viewers, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I uh, I like the friendships thing instead of calling them followers because I feel like a lot there are influencers who can get a really big ego. And if you're talking about, you know, the people who pay attention to your account as followers, then it's like you're like this profit person. And yeah, it's really and it's, like it, not it seems to so like weird. Yeah. yeah. It just I feel like like I follow a lot of people. I think I follow like 300 or 400 or something people. And some of them probably follow me back and some probably don't, but I would, it would feel weird if they were like, yeah, one of my followers. I'm like, well, we're also friends too. At least I hope that we are. So yeah, it just felt a little weird. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I've never heard it put that way. I, either, I really I, like I that. I love that. Yeah. That's really I like cool. that. So, um, let's see. So what, what got you to the point of saying, you know, I want to make this hobby my actual full-time job and I'm, I'm comfortable with doing that. I think the biggest thing was when I didn't have like a life outside of work, whether it was my nine to five job. And for your listeners, I actually, um, before I transitioned into this, it was actually in January. So it was a pretty recent transition. Um, but before that I was doing like influencing and just work in a social media space for like three years. Um, but before that I was the director of a program that covered like 18 counties in Illinois and helped people with disabilities. And it was just a fantastic job and I loved it, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do until like two in the morning. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like I would like wake up and like, usually if I work till like six or six 30, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like I'll work a little bit later, but I wasn't like so passionate about it that I wanted to like do it on the weekends. And with like being an influencer, it was something that I would like, literally I could wake up at 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and like edit and be like so happy with it. And so that's kind of what made me like think maybe this is something that I should try to do like full time. But living in the Midwest, like I didn't really know anyone who did it. And so I didn't (laughs) even know it was like possible. Um, So I went to fashion week in February of last year and at the time, I can't remember like how many friendships I had or like at what, like where I was with my growth. But whenever I went, I remember I was like one of the smaller creators, but I was really excited to go. And it was like a really big opportunity. And I went and all the people who were there for the most part were like doing this full time. And I expected to go and like, you know, like chill, like we'll get some drinks. We'll like go to like, you know, a couple shows, like get dressed up. No, like we went and it was like, 
you wake up at this time and everyone's like, okay, how many outfits are we shooting? Like I'm working with this brand, this brand. And it was just like a whole nother level that I'd never seen because there isn't anyone really that's like in my area that does this. And so I saw that with that amount of like work and effort that you can actually make this into something that's full time. And these are people from like California, from New York city, from Kansas city, just like all over, um, tons of different areas who are able to do this full time. And so I really thought if they can do it, there's nothing that can stop me from doing it. And if it's something that I enjoy, it, as long as I put in the amount of work that they're putting in, I can make it happen. And so after I got back, my husband and I talked and I was like, that was February of uh, last year, right before everything shut down. And I was like, I want to make this like a full-time career as of next year. And so first we were like, well, maybe we should do March. And then we really thought about it and we were like, no, let's do like January. And I think the biggest thing that kind of made us decide January was prior to fashion week, I was just like working all the time. Like I would wake up, I would answer emails for like brands and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then I would do like my nine to five. And then at five o'clock I would go and like shoot pictures. And so I think that that's the biggest thing that helped me decide was one, just being super passionate so much so that I wanted to wake up like at 2 a.m. and like work on this. And I loved it that much, but also I didn't have a work-life balance. It was really just work all the time. Wow. A lot of, a lot of realizations that you came yeah. to there in that process. Um, I really like that you said, you know, you have to put in effort in order to do this. And I, I'm, I love that you came to that realization and made it happen. Cause I feel like there are a lot of people who think that, you know, oh, I want to be an influencer. All I have to do is post every day. And uh, that's about it. But yeah. like, no, it's not something that just like happens to you. You have to try. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that was the biggest differentiator between like before February and after February was when I saw these influencers in February, I saw that they all were providing value every day. So they weren't just taking a picture of coffee. They weren't just, you know, doing a little boomerang of their drink or their outfit. They were, you know, if they took a picture of their coffee, they would put, this is what I put in my coffee. I used oat milk. I used this, I use that, I use this. And so everything that they put out to their friendships was providing value in some way. So even if it looked like it was just an outfit or just a picture of coffee or food or just, you know, hair care products or whatever. They were showing you what products they use. They were showing you how they create the coffee so you could make it for yourself. Or they were showing you how to put together the outfit so that you could use it on vacation and you can use it at work at the same time with the same pieces. And what I was doing before that was like taking a picture. And I didn't really know that not only do people want to connect with me just for entertainment, but they also wanted value and they wanted to be able to use what I was doing in their own lives. And so I really took that. And so now if you like go to my stories or YouTube videos, more often than not, you see if I'm sharing a recipe or if I'm sharing an outfit, I'm sharing links for it. I'm sharing how I created the recipe. I'm doing like a time lapse of like where I was when I started my workout and where I finished, what weights I'm using to try to let people in so that they can also do the same thing if they want. Um, and I feel like that's the biggest difference between just like throwing up a picture and like, you know, actually providing real value. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I always love hearing people how like they found their passions. It's just like, I just, I don't know. I love that. Um, and then once you identified that passion, what were the steps that you took? You know, you set that goal of like, you know, like in a year I'm going to do this full time, but what were like the, the small steps that you had to take to get to that point of doing it full time? I think the biggest thing was I 
I was already very consistent, but I think the biggest thing was one providing value always um, in every capacity. So even if I didn't think that I could provide value in some way, I would really look really hard because there's so many people who can put together an outfit and there's so many people who can cook food and who can do a workout, but are they able to share with the people that are watching them how to do it for themselves? Um, so that was one big thing. And I feel like that um, just took a lot of time to transition between just throwing up a picture versus like sharing all the links and where I purchased everything. Um, another thing was connecting with other people in the space. That was one thing I hadn't really done prior to um, Fashion Week. And I realized how huge that is, just connecting with people in the space, learning from them, people who were, you know, had a larger platform than you, also people who had a smaller platform from you, helping them up. Um, that was something I hadn't done because there aren't really influencers like here in the area. So I kind of thought like, oh, like I can do it and like do it by myself. But you really do have to have people around you to be able to like bounce ideas off of um, and pick up on trends and stuff. And so that was one thing that I really started to do um, probably pretty immediately after I got back from um, Fashion Week. So you talked a lot just now about, um, you know, meeting people who are in that same network you probably have to, you know, maintain a lot of relationships to do what you do, right? I mean, you're talking to brands and I don't know, I mean, you work alone too and you main, you have to maintain relationships with all those uh, different entities, I guess. So uh, what did you do really to build those and how do you stay connected with those people who aren't necessarily, you know, physically accessible to you? Building relationships is honestly so hard and Networking just in any capacity for any career, I think is so important. And I feel like it's easy for us to think we can just really do it alone, but you can grow your business or just grow like whatever platform so much faster with people who are also in the space. And I've learned so much from other people who are doing the same thing. Um, and I find that because of the relationships that I have, and I've actually like really cultivated when opportunities come up, whether it's with brands or with, um, you know, podcasts or different events, they look to me to like include me and I do the same for them. So it kind of helps us all build up um, our platforms together. But to start building those relationships, I mean, it's, it's hard because you never know who like is wanting to take advantage of you. Um, and you don't really know, and they don't know the same for you. So I feel like when you first connect with someone, you're, sometimes initial thought can be like, well, like what, what are, what do you really want here? Cause as an influencer, you get a lot, like a lot, lot, lot of people who, you know, want you to support their business, which I think is fantastic. But I think sometimes um, the underlying like reason for someone's friendship can sometimes be because they want to build their own platform or get clout or whatever. And so you have to really navigate that uh, in this space. But I feel like when you're in this space long enough, you can see who is like actually genuine and you can see who like is just there for the numbers or there for the influencer trips or whatever. Um, so when I found people that like on Instagram that I felt like would connect with me just in person, I usually would DM them. Usually to build a relationship, I would, um, if I saw something on their stories, I would like comment to it. Um, 
I would say, oh, that food looks really good or, oh, that looks like a really cool place to travel. And the more conversation that you have, the more people actually realize like, oh, you're not just connecting with me because you want me to, you know, grow X, Y, and Z for you. Um, so I feel like that was how I started. And within the last couple of years, like I have built so many friendships where actually this Friday, um, I'm doing like a workout, um, over zoom. And then we're doing like a game night with like a group of influencers. And, um, I, in our group message, I was like, okay, if we're going to do this, like we're doing no makeup, we're doing like pajamas. Like this is like chill. Like, cause sometimes you'll do things with other influencers that, um, you want to share with your friendships because you want them to also be a part of like your night together and like, right. enjoy the fun. But then a part of it is you just truly want to build that friendship and leave work aside like any other business. Um, so when you get to the point of building a true friendship, it feels, even though you haven't met them in person, it feels like they're just as like real quote unquote, and as good of a friend as someone who I mean, like you guys, like sitting right next to each other. Right. So yeah. <laughs> to start, I would say I probably just reached out to people and you do get a lot of people who either don't answer or they feel like you might have an ulterior motive and you just have to kind of take that and, you know, brush off your shoulder and like move on. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's happened to me before and I haven't really ever taken that to heart because I know that a lot of people in the space have been burned. Um, so, you know, it's just from their past experience that they're trying to safeguard their own heart. So I feel like that's probably how I first started reaching out to people. Yeah. Wow. So much detail. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm it. like so chatty. So <laughs> no, it's no, good. It's, it's awesome. good. We it's great. It. We love it. Yeah. Um, so putting yourself out there like that, perfect segue. You see what I'm doing here? Yeah. Uh, that has to take a lot of confidence. Um, another thing that takes a lot of confidence is putting your phone on a tripod, going to the middle of town and taking photos of yourself. <laughs> right. So how, I mean, like I would, I think I would get pretty self-conscious yeah, I would, if yeah. I have to stand there and do like, you know, candid shots or make a reel or TikTok in the middle of like downtown. So have you always been this confident? And is that what led you to this? Or is that, you know, was that like a journey of finding that confidence to put yourself out there? It was for sure a million percent a journey. And I think when I see other people doing it, it kind of gives me more confidence to do it myself. And that's why like I do a lot of influencer trips if I can. Obviously this past year, I haven't really been able to like travel um, like I would want to, but in the past, like connecting with other people in the space was so helpful because you realize when this is something that you want as a career, like that's just a part of it. So you kind of have to get used to it. But I mean, being in a small town, like, I mean, you can imagine like, setting up a tripod, you would not imagine the things that people say, um, the things that people don't say and the looks that they give you. It, I mean, it's, it's not always the nicest, but also it's kind of funny sometimes because people don't really get it. Um, we've had a lot of like trucks or cars that'll stop and be like, what are you doing there? You know, I just don't <laughs> understand. And um, so I think it's just been a journey, but I know that the, I'm going to get better content by putting something on a tripod, whether it's a video or whether it's, you know, taking pictures of myself because I am my own photographer. Um, and that's just a part of it. So I've had to learn that if I want this end goal, which is lots of content and sharing as much as I can with my friendships, then the only way to do that is to use a tripod. And, 
I mean, even when I vlog just for YouTube and I have, you know, a camera walking through Walmart or, you know, sitting it down in a store, there are so many people who, you know, will look at you and you kind of get like this pit in your stomach where, you know, like the thoughts that are running through their head in that moment. But you also know that when you get home, you're going to have an insane amount of content versus if you, you know, kind of hid your camera and you walked into the store and you did a quick pan and then you put your camera away and you know you got a quick shot and then you put your camera away the content isn't going to be what you wanted and so I always try to think about the feeling I'm going to get after I leave and the feeling I'm going to get whenever I look at the content and I see oh okay I put up my camera and I showed people what this couch looks like or what this outfit looks like versus um you know telling them about it because everyone wants to see the experience versus like hearing it um so that is kind of what has helped build my confidence, um, having friendships in the space and also just seeing the content that I want by doing things that make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I feel I'm learning. I know I am too. <laughs> I was, uh, I was watching one of your videos the other day. You were in like a furniture store, you know, showing off some cool different things. And I was like, I love that. It's cool. Cause you can actually see everything and like all of that. Um, but what would be like a piece of advice or a message to someone who's, you know, kind of doesn't want to start that, you know, that endeavor, whether it be influencer or a photography business or, a, you know, a boutique or something like that? I would say start small. Um, I mean, I, I did not, absolutely did not pull out my camera when I was like in Walmart, you know, when I first started, like I was too uncomfortable. I was nervous. Um, I could not walk into a mall or whatever with my phone in front of my face and talking to it. Like I was so uncomfortable, but how I started was I usually, um, would take pictures in like car garages where there aren't a lot of people around. Um, I would set up my tripod kind of in corners of downtown where you can't really see it as much. Um, and that got me the confidence to move to other spaces because when I saw the pictures that I, you know, created, it's like, holy cow, like, well, if I can take this good of a picture here, then imagine what it would look like if I moved to in front of the Capitol or imagine what it would look like if I, you know, took this video in Walmart versus in my car outside of Walmart. So I would say start small and it'll help build your confidence because you'll see what you can do in those spaces where you are uncomfortable. And the more I say this all the time, I feel like I beat this quote to death and it's probably someone else's quote, but I'm going to take it as my own because I say it so much. But I feel like the more you do something that makes you uncomfortable, the more you will get comfortable doing it. And so when you feel that pit in your stomach of like, like, oh, I'm so uncomfortable. I want to like sink into the ground. I'm cringing. Like everyone else is cringing for me. They're getting secondhand embarrassment. When you feel that, that no, that means you're like pushing yourself and growing past a place that you were. And so after that moment, you'll get to a point where you won't feel that anymore. And then you'll feel it for something else because you're continuing to grow in another space. So the more I feel that feeling of being uncomfortable, it's just showing me that I'm growing and stretching myself. And so um, I told someone the other day, I do a lot of things alone. And I said, you know, I, in the past, I never could have, um, you know, went to get lunch by myself. I never could have went to go shopping by myself. And now my next goal is to like, take a trip by myself somewhere. Will I do that anytime soon? I don't know. It still makes me <laughs> uncomfortable <laughs> to think about taking a whole trip alone, but I've gotten to the point where I am so comfortable with myself that the more I do things that make me uncomfortable, the more comfortable I am in it. And then it like encourages me to do more. So that's what I would say. 
um, just as one piece of advice. If you're uncomfortable doing something, sit in that and just keep pushing through it. But start small. Don't start like taking pictures in the middle of Walmart, taking videos in the middle of Walmart. Start somewhere where you're a little comfortable, but also a little uncomfortable. And then you'll grow from that. Yeah, that dang spoken like someone who has gone on the journey. Yeah, I I don't think I could do a trip by myself. Yeah, I I, 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 no, I I mean I keep saying it, but I don't know if I'll actually like. Maybe one day it still makes you uncomfortable. But yeah. I mean, I have a hard time eating by myself, even if I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's dumb, but <laughs> you know, like even if I'm like in my own office eating by myself, I'm like someone's gonna see me. Like, yeah, well, I it's know. my office. What am I talking about? Isn't that so weird too? It's like who decided for us that we should be uncomfortable like by ourselves? But right. yeah. there's just like these like social constructs that like I feel like that's where I get uncomfortable when I know I'm like breaking through what I think most people would think is like not normal, which honestly is my entire career because most people are like this is not like a job. So like you have to constantly push past being uncomfortable. Um but I really think that that's where I've like grown the most and it's helped me a ton like in my career. Thing. That's awesome. It is. Love it. Uh, I want to switch gears for a second and talk about your marriage because you're married. Uh, you've been married for a few years, right? Cool. Uh, we, um, I know you talk a lot about your husband, Brady, in your stories or whatever, but we don't see a ton of him. Um, is that like a line that you guys drew or are you guys just like that independent or how? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So when I first started creating content, like I love watching couple vloggers. Like I just, I'm obsessed with couples who like get on stories together and like watch videos of them. Like I am so obsessed with that. And when I first started creating content, it was something that I love so much that I wanted him to be a part of it because like, I love it. You know, when you love, like if you get a cupcake that you're like, this tastes so freaking good. The first person you want to try it is like the person you love the most, you know? Yeah. And so that's how I felt just about like creating content like I loved it so much it was something I wanted to do until 2 a.m and so like I wanted of course the person I love the most to be a part of it and so when I first started I was always incorporating him in pictures and videos and it was just very obvious it was not his interest and he was just a part of it because you know knew that was something that I loved mm -hmm. um and then I feel like when I went full-time I really recognized that both of us are extremely, extremely busy with our careers. He owns his own business and we also have real estate, um, lots of real estate. And so it's a lot of juggling. And we learned that the time that we have together, we really wanted to cherish it. And adding in our friendships was kind of taking away from that a bit, just because you're not able to just be alone by yourselves, if that makes sense. But also it was not like something that brought him joy. And so, you know, I think he just using this example, he works in insurance. And if anyone gave me a freaking auto policy, life insurance policy, gave me numbers to look through, like I would literally want to vomit. Like it's just, <laughs> it's not of interest to me. And so looking at it from that point of view, looking at something that he loves so much, and it's just something that literally makes me cringe and I could have nothing to do with it and be the happiest person for the rest of my life. 
that's how I started looking at my career because I wouldn't want him to shove that on me because that's something he loves, but it's not something that I love. And so I really took that into consideration. And so you'll see him in like pictures here and there. And you'll see like usually our um, videos together or like when we travel. Um, but that's usually like the extent. And I go to his office occasionally, but you like never see me like with doing numbers and stuff. And like, that's just the way we like to keep it because we have two separate interests and like we find joy in a lot of different things. Yeah. Healthy boundaries. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Some, yeah. some good balance. Yeah. Um, um, one of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received, it applies to friendships, relationships, whatever, um, is that you can't get everything you need from one person. And I just want to know, you know, is that something that you guys, is that a sentiment that you guys share or also, and, or do you have any, um, relationship advice for young people? Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've learned so much because we started dating when I was 19 and I'm 28 now going to be 29 this year. And like we've been married for three years and it's just, I've learned so much. Um, I feel like that quote is so important, but one thing I'll add to it is the only person that you can really get like all that you need from is like yourself, I feel. And I feel like it's so easy in a relationship to try to find your joy and all of your happiness and feel whole within someone else because you think that they're going to fill that void of happiness that you need to be filled. And honestly, I've become the most happy when I started doing the things that I wanted other people to do for me myself, because everyone has different love languages and different things bring different people joy. And so, you know, for things for me, like picnics, like, I don't know, sunsets, coffee, like all this stuff really brings me joy, but it doesn't bring everyone else joy. And so when I started filling myself up with all of those things, I feel like it made me realize so much so that I can bring happiness to myself without having to rely on someone else. And when you find that, I feel like you're able to come into a relationship and be fully whole and you're able to like have the best relationship because you're not placing all of your emotions and feelings on someone else to try to fill you in some way. Um, and so, I don't know, I feel like our relationship has been so, so healthy because we are both people who are extremely independent and we both really love and care for each other. But we also know that like, we are two very whole people coming together to make another whole, if that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is great that advice. That is fantastic. I need to be taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. Well, we're both wedding photographers and we love love stories. So how did you and your husband meet? We met our freshman year and when I think back to like when we met, I'm like, holy cow, how did he find any interest in me? Like, but I'm just so different. You know I mean? That was like almost 10 years ago. We met freshman year. We were friends for like two years and just literally became best friends. Like I tried to find like people for him to date like literally within my entire friend group. Cause I was like, this is such a great guy. Like he deserves such a great girl, not knowing that that great girl could have also been me. And so it took us two years of just like building a friendship and being really close. And then by that second year, we both kind of like looked at each other and we were like, like, are you my person? Like, are you the person I'm supposed to be with? And so, you know, it just has been such a great relationship because it started in friendship and in a friendship that was so strong that literally like 
he told me everything. I told him everything. Um, and I feel like that's the best way to start a relationship when you can be a hundred and 50 million percent honest with someone and I think you can't really get that unless you're friends with someone first um so that's how we met freshman year but I mean honestly when I look back like I was such a different person freshman year than I am now and so we've really grown but we've grown together which I feel like is also really rare for just people in relationships so I'm super thankful for that dang that is a freaking love story that's fantastic oh oh my god (laughs) I can't. I can't. Um, Okay. So I want to backtrack to the beginning of your relationship that you were just talking about. Um, You are a woman of color. Brady is white. Um, And in a recent, you do the ask me anything on Instagram where people can post questions. Someone asked you if there were any hiccups with a relationship in terms of, you know, acceptance from family members or just how you were looked at. And you were very candid in your response. So I just want to know, you know, as someone who is so positive and seems so positive, was that was that a difficult situation to navigate? And, you know, what are some of the things that you might have done or the two of you might have done to help people become more accepting? Yeah, I mean, that was definitely something that was a big part of our just navigating our relationship. He's from a very small town of like 600 people or something like that. Very small farming community, like um, love his town. But I feel like because there isn't a ton of diversity, you know, you really have to kind of find it on your own outside of the town. And so, you know, he obviously went to a university where there's a lot of different types of people. So he learned a lot of that, but I think, you know, his friendships and some of my friendships living also in a small town, just a different type of small town. um, That was something that they had to learn and family as well. But I feel like as long as you have a partner who just always has your back. You don't really have to worry about anything. And I mean, obviously this can be a very hard thing to navigate, especially when, you know, when you love family members and you love their friendships and you want them to be a part of their, your life, but you're not really sure how to make that happen in the best way. Um, but I feel like when you fully trust the person that you're with, you know that they have your best interests at heart. And so if they have someone in their life that they feel like maybe, um, is having a tough time with your relationship, but is trying to navigate it. If if you trust the person that you're with and you know that they have your best interest at heart, you know that they're either gonna kip, kick that friendship to the curve or they're gonna keep them if they feel like that's in the best interest of your relationship, if that makes sense. So I just fully trusted him as a partner and I feel like he did the same for me. And so we always would just be there as like a listening ear or just support or if someone said something that was like a little off the wall like the other person would kind of just be able to be there to be like a buffer and so um and he's just like very um he's like a a even personality and it balances out my like craziness and so I feel like having someone like that who's just very like um level-headed and all the things that you need in those type of situations is also really helpful so um, yeah, it can definitely be difficult to navigate, but I feel like when you have someone that you just truly trust hundred percent and you know that they are like putting your best interests at heart, then you don't really have to worry as much because you know that they're still going to like try to nurture and keep your relationship safe, even in like tough situations. Yeah. Every answer. Every answer is great. Every freaking answer. <laughs> you guys just are like, you guys... I don't know. I feel like the vibe just makes you feel super comfortable. And I don't know if people have like said that to you guys before, but you guys make 
like talking just very like easy so oh thank you oh warms my heart um so along those same lines you know there's been i've seen a lot of articles or and whatnot about influencers and you know the decision that everyone has to make when you're an influencer do i discuss things like social issues racism or do i not um things that you know we all collectively have kind of experienced over the last year and (laughs) far longer than just the last year um so was there a point where you had to ask yourself that question? Um, and what what was that conversation like within yourself? I feel like even before I became an influencer, like I've always been someone that has just been like very honest. And so, you know, I've had actually this question from a lot of people um, and they'll ask, you know, why aren't other influencers talking about things that are like really important? Um, I want to hear more from them. And the question I always direct back to them is how often do you talk about these things? You know, if you want someone to step up in the space to advocate or support certain things, then that should also be like your responsibility too, because we're I mean, we're literally all just people, you know? And so I feel like even before I became an influencer, I was just very vocal about things that I feel like mattered to me, but in a kind way where I feel like I really try to take people's experience to heart or their lack of experience with certain things. And so there's a lot of things that are really important to me, but then there's things that are important to other people that I don't talk about because they're not as important to me. And so you know, I try to give people grace because I know that everyone's experiences have led them to think that certain issues are super important or not. And so um, I just try to really lead with kindness. But I know that even before I became an influencer, um, just talking about things that are tough has just been something that I typically do. But (laughs) I mean, as an influencer, you have to lead with a lot more grace and compassion because, Every time you talk about something that is somewhat controversial, you always get backlash and no one really sees it that is following you and your friendships might really be supportive. But then there's another half of people who aren't really supportive of you talking about something that just is a little controversial. And this last year has kind of been, you know, it's been like a whirlwind of thoughts and emotions and feelings about so many different things. And so I just try to stay true to myself and what I feel like is important. And I look at just different movements and different things that have kind of moved history. And I feel like it always starts with a conversation. And if you can just talk to people about where they are in life and how their experiences have led to them to think or do certain things, if you can just lead with kindness, I really feel like that is what moves the needle more than anything. So Um, I didn't really have to have like a conversation with myself, but I did have to really think about how I said things because it's a lot easier to say things when you're just talking to like your super close friends. You can say whatever and they're going to love you regardless. But when you're talking to someone who kind of only sees you through a screen and the most controversial thing you talk about is like whether to use oat milk or whole whole milk in your coffee, (laughs) like it's a little different, you know, so I really had to try to lead with kindness and with grace. Um, And you still do, I mean, you lose friendships every single time you say something that's controversial, you get a lot of backlash that you have to try to navigate in the best way. But I feel like the overall outcome is usually good because someone is learning from your perspective, which is kind of the whole point of helping people like navigate through like difficult conversations. Yeah, nice. 
Yeah. I mean, what's the, like over the last year or longer, um, what's the most important thing that you've learned about yourself? I think the most important thing that I've learned about myself is one, I have always tried to people please so much and I've really had to let that go or try to let that go. And that's something that I still work through. I think it's just human nature for us to want to look good in people's eyes and to do what people want us to do and to make people happy. But you, especially as you grow in the influencer space, you learn that you just never, you can't make people happy. Um, You can't make everyone happy. You know, if I'm washing dishes, someone will say I'm using too much water. Someone else will say, you know, you shouldn't use dish paws and you should use dish soap. Um, You know, so everyone has their own opinion and you just have to try to navigate the conversations in the best way possible. But Um, you can't please everyone. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned. And so in conversations that are hard or even conversations that seem easy, like coffee or like walking my dog, you know, it doesn't always rub people in the best way. And so you just have to be confident in yourself that what you're doing is what you want to do and what's right. And, you know, if someone gives you like a tip or they say what you're doing is wrong, you kind of have to take that in, decide if that's going to change what you are already doing, or if you just want to like keep doing what you're doing. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned is I've always wanted to just people please. And that's kind of been like my guiding light, like the past couple of years. And I really have had to let that go. The more friendships that I build, because <laughs> everyone has their own opinion and I just really have to stay true to what I think is best because otherwise you'll just be forever doing what one person wants you to do. And then someone will say the opposite and then you'll do the opposite. And you just kind of look um, like you don't know what's really even grounding you. So I think that's definitely the biggest thing I've learned. And I'm still navigating through that because that's honestly so hard. That's a, that's a good lesson to have learned. And let me just say, I'll hype you up for a second because I love the little coffee videos. It's like a little, (laughs) it's, it's, it's so weird to even say this, but it's almost like a game because every morning when you post those, I'm like, is it going to spill? Because it gets so close to the top of the glass and then sticks a little spoon in and I'm like, it's going to spill. It's going to spill. And then it doesn't So spill. many people get so much anxiety about my coffee. Like it's, <laughs> and so many people also feel like very soothed by watching me wash dishes. And like, you know, it's the things that you don't even realize are like things that people really enjoy. And then you stop doing it and people are like, oh my God, like where's your coffee? Like I want to see if it's still or not. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so on a lighter and more technical note, we're both photographers who have had to develop our own styles over the years. And you have a very unique, super consistent, super cohesive aesthetic um, for all the photos that you take. How did you do that? Thank you um, for one. I honestly started in this space, not as a photographer by any means. And so I really appreciate when anyone, especially photographers say, (laughs) say like, you know, great job with your photos, because that's been something I really had to like learn over time. Um, I think for me, the easiest way to shoot pictures, because I am I have had to really learn how to take pictures of myself Um, because you're using a tripod, you know, and it's on like an iPhone and I, that's all I use. And so it's a little bit different than like using a camera and like someone taking pictures of you and you have to get the right lighting. And so 
I, I feel like the easiest thing for me was to one, stick to a neutral aesthetic with my clothing, um, because it kind of makes putting outfits together easy, but it also makes taking pictures easy because it's like all one color. And so like any editing that you have to do, you don't really have to like change the light in any like area because it's all pretty much the same color. Um, and then another thing that I always try to do is stick to neutral spaces and spaces that have a lot of like white in the background um, and that aren't very messy. I like a lot of like clean lines. And so if you see like a quote unquote messy photo that maybe has like trees in the background or has like a lot of different things in the background, you'll probably see five pictures after it that pretty much have a plain background to make my feed like really cohesive. But my feed was not always like that. So I I also want to encourage your listeners that wherever they're starting or wherever they are, if they're looking at someone else, um, just know that you can't start and be perfect. You're going to start and be honestly terrible. <laughs> at least from my experience, like I started and you do not want to see my old pictures. I mean, I look back at my old pictures and I'm like, did I really take my pictures in a backyard for a brand. Like, did I really take them in front of my garage? Like, who was I, you know? But you just learn over time what looks best. And I'm sure I'm going to look back on these pictures in three years and be like, wow, these are trash. And so I think the thing that has worked best for me is taking pictures in neutral clothing, but also with like neutral clean lines in the background of my pictures. But for anyone who's new, like I said, or who's just like starting out in the space, um, just know that like you're going to look back and whatever content you're creating you're going to think it's trash probably like five years from now because you'll have grown a lot as long as you stay consistent uh we definitely know that journey yeah yeah for sure i mean when i, when I first started doing photos like i was like i looked back on them like you were and i was like oh my gosh did i post these i was like these are not good. like <laughs> yeah i mean i guess like framing and stuff's good but yeah the word i was going to use for you like your feed and your grid was cohesive um even like all the graphics and everything like that that everything just works really well so it looks great Thank you so much. Like I said, like photography was not where I started. Um, my story, actually, I started like making a video on YouTube because I felt like there weren't enough tips for brides. <laughs> so if you go back to my first video on YouTube, it's a video of me in my old office um, years ago, and it has terrible lighting. And I honestly, I don't know what I was saying, but it was top 10 tips for brides. And that's how I started. So I don't have like a background in taking pictures. Like, so I always really, really appreciate whenever like someone says like, oh, this looks great because it is something that I've had to really learn over time. You know, hyping people up is like one of our podcast hobbies, I think. Is. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Anyone that comes on, we're just like, you're the greatest. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> True. Well, I mean, it's good to see the growth though. You want to look back and be like, oh man, that's not good. Cause if you're not growing, then that's not a good thing. So, right. so there is, there is some, uh, some silver lining there, but yeah, absolutely. And I love looking back at like even pictures from last year, they're so different than the ones that I've taken now. And I know I have a lot of room to grow and sometimes I'll even put up a picture and I'll be like, this could be better. Like it could be better, but I know that consistency is more important than just like nitpicking something into the ground because any creator in any capacity, I feel like can understand how you can look at your work, whether you're an artist, you're a photographer, you're an influencer, you can look at your work and be like, this is not good. Like this is not finished. Like this sucks. And I need to do it over again. Um, but I feel like a lot of those feelings come from like that imposter syndrome feeling where you feel like you just, 
either aren't adequate to be in the space you're in or you're not good enough to be in the space you're in and you just have to like be okay with your work and just kind of like move on to the next thing and so like I said I really appreciate you know all the kind words and like the hyping me up because it's taken a while to get here thing no we know all about imposter syndrome yeah This has been an amazing episode. I feel like this is an episode I'm going to go back and listen to a lot and be like, man, I'm going to learn all these things, take notes. Like it's been great. Yeah. So thank you so much for, oh, for taking you. the time to be here and uh, sharing all this info. It's been fantastic. Yeah. We usually um, end every episode by talking about music. But before we get to that, I think it would make sense to ask you about some of your favorite clothing or home decor brands that are on your radar right now. Oh gosh. Okay. So I'd say for clothing, Fuchsia Shaw is like my favorite brand. It's a UK brand. It's a very small independent brand. It actually was created by an influencer. Um, but I feel like the pieces are better because it was created by an influencer. Like most people don't understand how many like brands influencers try and use. And so when an influencer is like wearing something or promoting something, like just know that they have tried 50 million other things that didn't work because (laughs) your name is behind what you're sharing. I mean, it's almost like if you ate at a restaurant and you didn't like it and then you told your friend like, hey, this restaurant is great. And then they went there and they ate it and they'd be like, wow, like so-and-so told me that this was great and it actually sucks. And so most influencers that I know, I've never met one who doesn't, most influencers will really like, make sure that they absolutely love something before they share it. And so because this um, influencer started this brand, she knows so much about fabric. She knows so much about cuts, um, about just elasticity and like making things really stretchy and making things last for a long time. Um, So all of her pieces are phenomenal. They are a little pricey, like by a little, I mean like they're pricey. But they're some of my most worn pieces. I think I bought my first um, like sweatsuit from her in like 2018 and I still wear it. It's like one of my most worn pieces. And so every collection that comes out, they sell out every collection. She has a new one coming out actually May 2nd. Um, and this isn't sponsored just for anyone who's listening. Um, <laughs> I always have to say that when I'm like ranting and raving about something, it's like, no, I legit just love this. Um, but it, she has a new collection coming out the second and I know it'll sell out, but I feel like when you find a brand that the founder just knows so much about clothing, like it's a win-win because you don't have to worry that the fabrics aren't going to last. And you also know it's just going to be like a really good quality piece. So I would say that's um, a very long answer, but my um, favorite brand right now for home decor, um, Target has been on the up and up. Like Target has been like really doing a good job and it's been like really, really affordable, obviously, because it's Target, but I think they're trying to like really compete with those bigger brands like RH um, and like West Elm or whatever. Um, And they've like really stepped their game up. So everything that I've been buying lately has been from Target. And like, I feel like their online stuff is a little bit better than in store um, because it doesn't sell out as fast. But um, if you can find something on there, like it's going to be something that lasts for a long time. I do love I, me some Target. I, I do love Target so much. It's like the greatest <laughs> place ever. It is. <laughs> so yeah. So what about, what about some music that's on your radar? Oh, okay. Music. So I am someone that has a wide range of like genres that I love. Um, 
for country, I would say Hardy is like my go-to always. I have just an obsession with anything that he writes. Um, I also like artists who don't really look like they should be writing the stuff that they like sing. And mm. I've been to a Hardy concert and I was like, is this the artist? Like, is he singing country? Like, I think he had a t-shirt on that said like, I don't know. It was something that almost looked like punk rock or something. Like he just looked like a little grunge for country. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this. Um, so he's someone that I've really been loving. Um, I don't know if I want to like divulge the rest of my like music choices because they're a little uh, questionable and I don't want anyone to like put anything into their ear holes and be like, Hey, like Sean said, listen to this. And it's like not really appropriate, but I'd say like Hardy's a good, like, family friendly but also like a really good like feel good type of artist um and i've been listening to him a lot especially in the summer awesome shaughnessy thank you again so yes. much for being on here this was a great talk i'm also gonna go back and listen to it a million times like okay i'm gonna have a page for relationship notes yeah a page for it, yeah, becoming down, an influencer yeah. uh finding my confidence setting boundaries i'm just gonna like write a book from this hour-long conversation yeah it's been fantastic so thank you so much again we appreciate your time and thank you guys for having me. Like you guys have said multiple times, like, oh, like we have someone like on who's so cool, blah, blah, blah. And like, you guys just warm my heart by how you guys are so like kind. And you're just so like, I don't know. I feel like you just like built me up this whole like episode. So I appreciate you guys. And it just like means so much. Oh, oh man. Love it. We'll have to have you on again sometime. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. definitely.